My name is Christina, and thank you for checking into the Home for Wayward OCs. This is a podcast where I guess I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is Brandon. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hello, I'm Brandon, and uh, I'm going to be talking <laughs> about my OC, Shareer. Yeah. So if listeners, you've listened to episode uh, 76, so about four episodes ago of Wayward, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, but aren't Shareer and uh, Letitia from the same campaign? They sure are. Awesome. This is the second... No, I think this actually might be the first time that people have brought on characters from the same, from the same like, universe. So I'm very excited. Oh, really? I think so. I don't oh. have, like... I don't quite trust uh, my Google Sheet to let me see where everyone's characters are from currently but i think this is the first time so congratulations to you and morgan <laughs> <laughs> oh that's got to be a nice little a nice little collection yeah it's always fun to get to you know like talk about people from the same universe because then it's like hey you can go back oh no wait no hold up i regret to inform you that you are the second grouping of people to bring characters to the same universe because i forgot I about the contract writers so. I don't know how I forgot about the contract writers, but I forgot about I them. I thought so, because I listened to that episode, or the second of those two episodes, and... Yeah, Umar's one. I could have sworn, yeah, I could have sworn that they mentioned, uh, that their friend had been on a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but hey, you know what? I love, I love to hear it, and I hope that everyone else loves to hear <laughs> it, too. But we're not here to talk about uh, previous trends on this show. We're here to talk about your OC, Shareer. Oh, can't wait to get to it. Okay. So where uh, where would you like to start with Shareer, Brandon? Would you like to talk about first? Nope. Syntax, Christina. Would you <laughs> Would you like to first talk about uh, how you came up with him as a character or his in universe biography? Uh, how I came up with him as a character, I think that feeds into a little bit of uh, where the rest of him came in. Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. So we play a game called Masks. Mm -hmm. uh, Morgan talked about it on the previous episode, I think. Mm -hmm. um, Shareer is based off of, originally, the playbook The Innocent. Okay, okay, interesting. Uh, the Innocent is a character archetype who came from the past and is a bright-eyed young hero. But in the future, they're either just a grisly anti-hero or a full-on villain. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. So the whole the whole game around the innocent is playing around that. Mm -hmm. And also the fact that they're completely out of time. When you say... Out of time, you mean, do you mean displaced from... Displaced from time, yes. Okay, okay, I was I was really hoping it wasn't going to be like a, you know, I got the ticking time, the ticking time uh, clock <laughs> no, no, going no. on my lifespan. But yeah, so you said that Shareer is, is displaced from time. Right. Is that something that happened accidentally or deliberately? It was an accident, but he was very sore at the person who did it. Okay, okay. He's 
at this point, he's forgiven him, because he is a teammate. Oh, okay, okay. When they first met, after the displacement happened, Mm -hmm. when this happened, Shareer was 15, Mm -hmm. so he was very hot-headed. Yeah. He went straight to assault as an answer. Oh, no. He apologized eventually. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so, r- real r- real quick, I'm going to kind of pan back to um, how you said that Sharir was originally the innocent. Is that something that, is that maybe like a class change, archetype change, something that you want to talk about later or now? Oh, we can talk about that. Okay. Um, part of masks is uh, literally as you level up characters, uh, one of the late options for every single class mm-hmm. or playbook is the option to just full on change your playbook. Okay, okay. So if you develop your character enough to where you still want to play them or something happens, but uh, their current playbook doesn't really fit their character because the playbooks in mass Mm -hmm. are basically just comic character archetypes yeah yeah so you can just switch playbooks when you've played the character enough or when something major happens okay that makes sense that makes sense and i feel like i've seen similar mechanics in other powered by the apocalypse uh style games right yeah Okay. So would you like to talk then, Brandon, about kind of how how Sharir got to the point of this playbook change? Like, where did he start from? How Where did he end up? As much as you want to talk about, because I know the podcast is, I think, uh, still in production? It's still in production, yeah. Okay. We're going through some uh, pre-pro. Mm-hmm. For Sharir... It involved a major change in his life. He went from spending all his time with the Outlaws, Mm -hmm. uh, which is his team, to spending three years with another group. Okay. This was basically a a free-form paramilitary group Mm. that trained him up for three years. Oh, my. And, mm mm-hmm. Uh, he needed it. So I changed playbooks in that situation to the soldier. Okay. I, I've i played the soldier playbook the longest. It's probably my least favorite of the three I've played as Shereer. <laughs> That's okay. Although I am going to follow up at some point. In fact, you said there's been three playbooks. Yeah, that's fair. But let, 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 let's keep going with uh, talking about the soldier and the training and stuff. Right. So the soldier is built entirely around working as a soldier. Whether or not you're actually on that, uh, on your outpost or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I spent time away from the team after the three years were up. He went yeah. back. Mm-hmm. He was three years older than everyone else. As in, like... I'm trying to get a sense of the time frame here, <laughs> partially because I listened to my friend's Kingdom Hearts podcast today, and they were talking a lot about time travel, and it's very crazy. Um, so it, it sounds like Sharir was kind of placed into a 
time dilated space and you could say that that's ex- experience time at a, at a faster rate than the rest of the outlaws did yeah uh basically once his three years were up everyone else was pretty much the same age okay okay so he had to navigate going from the youngest of the team to i believe the second oldest okay okay and is it safe to assume there was also a, I'm assuming with, you know, the fact that he went off to become a soldier in some capacity, there was probably also a lot of uh, outlook and perspective and maybe even like a personality adjustment or change or difference? Yeah, he went through a, a big growth. Yeah. Uh, when he was young, when I was playing The Innocent, despite the name. He's very angry, very, very self-loathing, and mm-hmm. very afraid of himself. Mm-hmm. During his time training, he never really lost the fear of himself. Yeah. Honestly, it probably gave him more fear. Oh no. <laughs> but he started to accept himself, even if he was still afraid. And more importantly, he started realizing that he missed the outlaws, which is why after the three years were up, he went straight back to them. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this perfectly good innocent. He's got anxiety (laughs) now. Oh, I miss playing the innocent. (laughs) It's got a lot of... You basically just have to act like you don't know what's going on. And Mm. you get points for doing it. Okay. In the sense of, like, selective oblivious or just, like, obliviousness or a lack of knowledge? A lack of knowledge. Okay. Okay. I guess it's technically selective oblivious for the player. Mm-hmm. but Yeah. Yeah. But if you're displaced more than 20 years, everything, everything looks weird and different. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. So... For context here, Brandon, what year is um, the Outlaws campaign starting in, and what year is Sharir from originally? If you could talk about that. So the Outlaws, the current time frame of the Outlaws, I assume is 2021, Mm -hmm. mostly because it's simpler for us to play it in current time, and also because Indy, our DM, uh... Whenever a year drops, a very specific year, he just goes, it's currently 2020 Schmishmer, or it's 1990 Schmer. Because of comics, no Do dates are like exact. Do the Mega Man thing. Yeah. Every, in, in the year 20XX. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly that. But I assume it's in 2021. Okay. Okay. Sharir is from... The 15th century. Oh my. A lot more than 20 years difference there. (laughs) So playing a time traveler that has displaced 600 years has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Would you you like to talk a bit about uh, Sharir's life in the 1400s? And what what was he up to before uh, he got time thefted? (laughs) (laughs) 
Sharir spent a lot of time traveling and being forced to train. Okay. Um, the people who are taking care of him. Mm-hmm. I can't go in depth, mostly because I actually am not a hundred percent sure myself. <laughs> but gotta love it. The, <laughs> the people who are raising him decided to raise him up to be the perfect assassin. Oh no, honey. He did not like this at any point. And at no point did he buy into the indoctrination. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So when he wasn't being forced to train, he was doing the one thing he thought would be the perfect rebellion. He studied to become a doctor. Oh, okay. See, my thought was going to be like, oh, he's volunteering in soup kitchens. He's <laughs> robbing the rich to help the poor and promote their cost of life. But a doctor is a very, very valid and very noble profession. I am a little bit biased. <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick fun fact about me. I have played 60 or 50 percent doctors hmm. in any tabletop rpg i can play nice yeah i'm also a little biased <laughs> my bias is just that my brother's in med school <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a good bias oh yeah definitely but okay so sharir was getting medical training in any specific discipline or just kind of like whatever the 1400s had to offer <laughs> Oh, he was trying to um, practice any and every practice that he could. Okay, okay. His thinking was and is, if he knows how to, unfortunately, take the body apart, he wants to be able to know how to put it back together. That's, that is a very reasonable point of view. And I feel like I've heard about that. As like, as like a character concept, but only in the vaguest sense. So I'm taking Sharir as my prime example of it. <laughs> <laughs> that character concept always comes up with, and this is probably the darkest example, but serial killers. Yeah. The yeah the the characters that are like, I want to put this body back together so I can take it apart perfectly. Yeah, there's the yeah. uh, new Hannibal or whatever. Right. Uh, I don't I don't listen or watch a lot of true crime. So <laughs> That's fair. But regardless, I wanted Sharir to be A, I wanted him to fit what I like to play, and B, I wanted him to mm-hmm. be like the reverse edgelord. <laughs> Cause he is an edgelord, but he's trying to break out of it at every step. Edgelord by Edgelord by birth. Doctor by profession. Exactly. Whatever a reverse edgelord is. <laughs> so did, uh, was Sharir receiving medical training just because you mentioned he traveled over the world, like, like very, not, not just multidisciplinary, but like training from 
different cultures around the world, different kinds of uh, medicine, like medicinal practices. Right. Yeah, that was part of his training. Was um, anything and everything. Mm-hmm. If it could help somebody, whether it was um, physical or mental, he's not very good at the mental part. Physical or mental, or just just making someone feel better. Yeah. He wanted to learn it. Okay. Now I have to ask, what's his opinion on snake oil and that particular <laughs> subset of medicine? He doesn't heavy air quote medicine. Right. He doesn't at all like it. Good. But he accepts that some people feel better when they use it. Ah, uh, yes, the placebo effect. Right. He's never going to recommend it or use it. <laughs> but he's never going to walk up to someone and say, your medicine is nonsense. <laughs> He'll just try and correct them later how he can. As in, if mm-hmm. if they're still messed up, he'll just try and help them. Okay. That's very noble of Sharir. So, if you can disclose this. Okay. What was Sharir's life like in the immediate months, days, years before, uh, before the time grab? Was... Did he... You mentioned training both uh, in... As both in assassinry and in medicine. Uh, what was that like? Uh, rough. <laughs> <laughs> Ask an obvious question. Yeah. Uh, most of his studying for medicine was uh, secretive, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very certain that his caretakers knew it was happening and let it happen. Yeah. After all the serial killer example I listed earlier, they probably thought it would have been good for him. Mm-hmm. But the actual training, uh, it would have involved him testing out his abilities on people who maybe didn't want them tested on. Ah. So he's he's definitely had to hurt people he didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hence, you you mentioned the kind of taking up medicine as an act of atonement. Right. He doesn't like to do it. Mm-hmm. But he is very willing to do it if necessary. Yeah, it's the... It's... Uh, gosh, I can't think of a... I think... I can't think of a pithy way to put it, but I, 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 <laughs> I get where you're coming from. Right. Uh, besides that, it was just vaguely stereotypical superhero training, but with a villainous twist to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm. Out of cur- because I can't imagine that a villainous organization that was training Shareer was happy to have him be time-grabbed. Do you know if they exist in the year 20XX in which uh, the outlaws mostly exist? The organization? Yeah. 
If you don't know that, that's okay. <laughs> I have to imagine that they do, but it actually never came up, so... <laughs> well, Maybe that's a tool that Indy's saving for later. <laughs> it might be. The people who trained him uh, never came up, but the okay. person he became did. Ah, as in the identity that he was operating under? Like, in the past. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, rephrase? Like, you you mentioned the person... Please correct me if I misheard, because I can't backtrack through the audio because I'm recording this live. <laughs> right. um, you, you said that the person that Shariar was in the past came up? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, um, I might have misspoke. Uh, the person Sharir would become is in 2020-something. Okay. Is that something that you can explain a little about? Because I'm, uh, again, as someone who listens to a Kingdom Hearts podcast, I'm very intrigued <laughs> and a little bit concerned. <laughs> uh, if it's spoilers, that's also okay. It is vaguely spoilers. Okay. Yeah, it's that part would be spoilers. Okay. No problem, we can strike it from the record. Okay. So, is... I, I kind of like to move into more so uh, Shereer in both the year 20XX and, like, maybe soldier trading and stuff. But before we do, I want to ask, is there anything that he misses... From his original time period? Not at all. Not a single thing. Yeah. Fair enough, well, fair enough. There is one thing. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> there are... The reason I picked the year, the four... The year? The century of the 1400s. Mm-hmm. If you go back into DC's history, mm -hmm. there are something like six or seven superheroes that actually originate from around that time. Really? Do you know who off the top of your head? Because I'm curious. Uh, the original Hawks, Hawk Girl and Hawk Man. Oh, okay. Dr. Fate, Black Adam. At that time, Black Adam would have been a hero. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Black Bolt, I guess. I could have been. No, no, Black Bolt is Marvel. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh huh. Crossing the streams. That's what he misses. Ah. Uh, There's a a little bit of Shereer that enjoyed watching them do their hero thing or hearing about them. Mm-hmm. Did he miss being more of a bystander or an, an, a less active participant? No. No, he enjoys being able to directly help people. And, mm -hmm. ooh, excuse me. More than anything, he enjoys being able to leverage his less positive traits into still helping people. Yeah, I, I would like to hear uh, more about what you mean by that. To put it simply, he likes his ability to end a fight quickly in order to save lives. Mm. He enjoys defending people more than anything else. 
Okay. Okay. Then this, this this might be as good of a seg as we're gonna get into uh, talking about Shareer more so in his present day in the year twenty XX. After after being time grabbed and punching out uh, his future teammate, <laughs> right? Um, what did Shareer do when he came to uh, the modern day? Did he immediately jump into heroism or something like that? He didn't. The first thing he did, the very first thing he did, was unfortunately find out who he becomes. Ah. And because of that, he goes into a form of hiding, so he doesn't go superheroing immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A few months go by, and that's when he punches out his former teammate. Then they become teammates. (laughs) Through circumstance. The first adventure they go on is Mm -hmm. immediately after the assault, uh, the supervillain Metallo starts burning down a bunch of apartments. Ah, okay. Okay. So that's enough to get Shareer to jump into action. Good, good. It just occurred to me that I'm, I'm curious if... Shareer got time grabbed because the people the the people or person who are trying to time grab him wanted the person that he became and instead got the person that he like wh- whichever version of him uh they ended up getting like they they were trying to get they were trying to get uh Shareer uh epsilon or theta and they got Shareer alpha <laughs> instead it was a complete accident Grabbing Shareer or not grabbing Shareer, it was an accident. Okay. Uh, the the person that was grabbing him was struggling to work out the kinks of his uh, method of time travel. Ah, okay. Okay, I'm gonna cut all that, because... <laughs> un- un- unless you want me to keep it. <laughs> um... No, that's actually good enough to leave in i think okay none of that was too spoilery for me cool 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 so how did shareer's first adventure with the soon to be uh outlaws go did was it a pretty was it a pretty you know uh simpatico show up we're gonna all help fight metallo and work together and hey you go here and do this thing and help me punch this guy or was it not, something else? <laughs> no, not quite. It was just we all happened to be in the same area. Mm-hmm. We were... Most of us were trying to help the Blue Beetle uh, yeah, figure yeah. out something about herself. Mm-hmm. And things just kind of happened from there. The yeah. The final member of the outlaws was the one who accidentally time displaced Shareer and got assaulted promptly. Mm, okay, but okay. Very quickly after that happened is when Metallo showed up. So <laughs> Shareer decided revenge was not as important as <laughs> trying to stop a maniac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
Uh, dare I ask, were they able to beat Metallo and save the day? Not perfectly. As so uh, many things ever are. Right. Dice being what they are, they decided oh, no. that because this was our first adventure, it wasn't going to go perfectly well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We got it done, but not without accidentally letting a bunch of apartments burn down. Oh, no. No casualties. Good, good, good. I I am I am in a tabletop campaign where we had the same kind of like, hey, this building's burning down. Everyone oh. <laughs> congregate to help as like that was our gathering the team um, event as well, I think. I'm I'm hoping yours went a little better. Um, I think they still had some property damage. I think maybe the building exploded because there were some weird like exploding uh unwillingly mutated creatures oh that uh exploded in the building but also no casualties <laughs> well that's the part that truly matters mhm people having homes would be nice but yeah yeah if if you have to choose between having um human lives be the damage and having property damage Go for property damage every single time. (laughs) Anyway, that's real dark. (laughs) It's, yeah. Um, anyway, so, when, how did, did the, did the outlaws kind of, like, gel together after this, um, did they kind of gel together after the inciting, uh, after the inciting fight and rescue? Gel together is a fun word to, or fun (laughs) phrase to use. At first, it was more like they were tossed together. Yeah. But very quickly, they became a small family. Aw, good. Especially to Shareer. Yeah? Being how he grew up, this was his first circle of friends and his first family unit that wasn't just trying to use him as a tool in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle how that happens, isn't it? <laughs> he became very attached. Yeah. He didn't show it. Or at least he didn't show it very well. But I'm pretty sure the other characters and the other players knew how much he was attached. <laughs> So then, Brandon, um, I think I asked this question of Morgan, too. Um, would you like to kind of talk about uh, Shareer's relationships with the rest of the outlaws? Kind of how how they're important to him or, like, any fun interactions? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the first one he met, I believe, would have been Morgan's character, actually, Letitia. Oh, nice. They have, to Shareer, probably, the most... One of the more dynamic relationships in the group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shareer went from very distant to Letitia to feeling a lot of remorse over something that he failed to do for her. Oh, no. I want to say that's going to be a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. 
And currently, he feels like Letitia is the most reasonable of the outlaws. He has a he has a fear of being in command of anything. Yeah. He doesn't want to make decisions for people. He doesn't want to talk to too many people. He basically mm-hmm. doesn't want to be seen as a person to listen to. Yeah. So I... he lets... I can understand. It's that thing where it's like, you would like to have influence, but you absolutely do not want to be the person that people turn to when they need a decision made. Even if it's something as simple as, where are we getting pizza from? Well, he can't decide those things. <laughs> uh, he doesn't know. Um, it's more so what I said earlier about him being afraid of himself. Mm-hmm. Uh he's afraid that being put in any sort of leadership position would be a slippery slope. Oh no, honey. Right. Uh, that's, it all comes back to that being that he was the innocent originally, but he's desperately afraid of becoming who he will be. Yeah. Yeah. So with Letitia, he finds that comfort and support of, knowing he can trust the leadership of the team mostly to her. We're, the, the outlaws are like... Mm-hmm. What's the word? They all have a hand in all the decision-making, but she's got the biggest brain on her shoulders, so... <laughs> Statistically, probably yes. <laughs> right. So what about uh, the others on the team? The title character of the Blue Beetle is probably the one he respects the most because she's the most she's the closest example of how he wants to be as a hero. Aww. She doesn't always do perfect and she's not always respected by the crowd. But at the end of the day, she almost always says and does the right thing. Yeah. And more than anything, that's what he wants. Aww. Sharir just wants to do the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) The other hero like that would be Sweets. His friend Oscar. Yeah. I think I've seen the picture of Sweets on y'all's podcast Twitter. Right, follow us at Dice Comics. Um, <laughs> uh, he's the most striking in appearance and in personality. Mm-hmm. Um, of all the outlaws, he's the one that actually has the most respect from society. Oh? I want to say before he joined the outlaws, people... He was on talk shows. Politicians wanted to shake his hand. He was known around the world. Interesting. Okay. He's, um... He's basically what people are thinking is the next generation of Superman. Oh, okay. Like the next face of hero. Nice, nice, nice. So for pretty much the same reason as the Blue Beetle, he does respect Oscar. Mm-hmm. Sweets. Mm-hmm. 
But beneath all that glitz and glamour, he knows Oscar is the youngest of the team and feels the most pressure to do good. Oh no, baby! (laughs) So he doesn't outwardly show that inner respect for Oscar. Not to say he disrespects him, but he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to be another person to put uh, pressure on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. He's... At least pub. It sounds like Shirir is at least publicly ignoring the fact that he knows, or pretending that he doesn't know that Oscar is the youngest out of them all. Right, we all are. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah Shirir just kind of sees Oscar as, despite the big hero that he is, he sees Oscar as a little brother. Aww. Speaking of brothers. <laughs> Yes. The closest thing he has to a brother on the team. Yeah. Would be either of the last two members to talk about. Mm-hmm. The first one I'll talk about is Alex. Alex Wayne. Ah, yes. I remember hearing about Alex at least a little bit uh, when I was talking with Morgan about Letitia. <laughs> right. Alex is um a special case. <laughs> uh, of all the people on the team that of course be- his last name is Wayne <laughs> <laughs> of all the people on the team that can be called outlaws Alex probably fits the description the most uh oh he's uh putting it delicately Sharir thinks of him as a huge dick Uh, over the the three years, uh, Alex, Al- Shareer's opinion of Alex did a 180. From? From when he first met Alex, Alex was this really shy, unsure of himself kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, who made a lot of mistakes, but always tried. Yeah. He sees Alex now as a cocksure braggart. Woof. Who, he just, um, Sharir loves Alex and respects him, but it's that love and respect of that sibling that you always see do the wrong thing. Yeah. Kind of just wants to give him a noogie and tell him to, uh, <laughs> fix himself yeah yeah but he knows that the if push comes to shove Alex is gonna do the right thing oh good and the last member of the outlaws is the flash Darren yeah Darren and Shareer have this oh, I don't know how to put it they have this relationship of pure respect since both of them are the newest to the hero thing Mm-hmm. and Darren was once a person that Shareer could not trust yeah yeah but I think at this point Shareer would probably out of anyone do anything for Darren aww and there are 
other members of the Outlaws, but they're not the core team, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have a couple of questions that I come up with uh, <laughs> during our time of talking that are Perfect. Uh, ones that will be unique to uh, you and Shamir. Okay. Um, so what is, uh, what is Shamir's favorite thing about living in the year 20XX? Sounds petty. Milkshakes. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, milkshakes are his absolute favorite food. If you go on our Twitter, Dice Comics, uh, on the art banner, he is holding a milkshake. <laughs> so, uh, the next question that I was going to ask is, uh, what does Shamir think of modern medicine? And also, has he watched any modern uh, medical dramas or comedies? What does he think of those? insane question i've never thought about sharir watching any dramas <laughs> wow okay um uh he hates the state of modern medicine in in okay, that very very important question he actually no no please go ahead and define in, <laughs> in the way in which sharir hates modern medicine uh he hates the most important medicine is gated behind money in American society. There we go. There we go. Uh, as his day job, he works at a free clinic. Excellent. He doesn't. Excellent. He doesn't take money for doing medicine. Excellent. So, the 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 science. Of medicine, he's definitely a fan of that. He did a lot of reading when he first got displaced, so he could catch up. Mm-hmm. But the okay, actual okay. practice leaves a lot to be desired. Yes. Love the science. Love the people practicing. Hate the insurance system. <laughs> uh, I hate the insurance system. I also hate the insurance yeah. system. Same hat. <laughs> Okay, last, like, fun little question. What is Sharir's favorite piece of trivia about human anatomy? Huh. That is a good question. (laughs) That's also something I probably should have thought about. Hmm. He probably to himself enjoys those weird uh i think the word would be somatic tricks where like if you squeeze your thumb you can't gag because you're focusing on squeezing your thumb Mm-hmm. oh yeah the thing about yeah. like it like oh you hold your nose to stop hiccups or something like that right or if you have if you have a a, a small tension headache and you, you just roll your shoulders, and it'll go away. <laughs> Humans are weird. Humans are weird. But that's probably, besides actual, 
like big medicine stuff, that's probably his favorite thing to think about. Okay. Okay. Why that stuff works the way it does. <laughs> very true. Very true. So I have, I have, I have two more, uh, kind of conjoined questions or related questions. Okay. Um, the first is, does Sharir think that the person he will be is set in stone and inescapable, unavoidable? Um, and then the kind of linked to that is, what would it take for him to assume a leadership role? Whether that's willingly, as in stepping up to fill the position needed, or like being press ganged into doing something. Sorry, I had a huge brain fart. What was the first question? <laughs> <laughs> the, the first question is... Um, does Shamir think that the person that he is going to be is set in stone? Like, uh, does he think that that's an inescapable fate or is there anything that he can do to change that? Do you think out of character that there's anything that he can do to change that? <laughs> in character? No. He thinks if he starts slipping up, if he starts not trying to not become that person, he will mm -hmm. become that person. Uh, he's yeah. pretty sure it's one of one of those endless battle things. Okay. So he's always he's quiet. He keeps to himself mostly because he's trying to make sure he's checking himself. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the second question, yeah, which was gonna be um, which was about what would it take for him to assume a leadership role, whether that's being put into it or or taking it up himself probably probably knowing that there is no one else he can turn to or knowing that it might be the last thing he does oh no honey which um it's mostly fine because the Blue Beetle and Marisol and Letitia are both mm -hmm. apt leaders. Yeah. So that's two of the six outlaws that are good leadership candidates. More often than not, he's around one of them. Yeah. So he's deathly afraid of being a leader. Yeah. Do you think he'd be a good leader? 100%. <laughs> Ask a simple question. Yeah, he's for sure an excellent leader behind all of that. He knows how to talk to people and he knows how to get people to listen. And more importantly, he knows how to get people to believe in him and his ideas. Mm-hmm. Which is why he doesn't talk. Um, more of that same kind of, I am scared of power, I am right. scared of control. He doesn't want people to listen to him. Or to think his ideas are good, and he doesn't want to create a following. Mm-hmm. So when the outlaws are out in public, 
he's never in front. He doesn't do interviews when he can avoid them. And he's always mm-hmm. the first to leave. I can under I can I can understand that. I'm also now just like, come on, Sharir, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. I kinda want him to, but it there hasn't been a situation where his growth has been to that point. It'll happen. It might. Okay, so um is there anything else that you want to talk about with Sharir before we go into the last question for today, Brandon? Oh, his third playbook. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that. Oops. Right. <laughs> I haven't actually started playing with it yet, because that's the playbook I'll be playing for when the podcast launches. Yeah? The, the playbook I'll be playing will be The Nomad. Okay. Okay. This is a character who doesn't stick around, whether it's jumping between time or space, or just roaming the world in general. Oh no. He roams. And being that he's been displaced from time twice, technically, he doesn't feel particularly attached to time anymore. So I figured the Nomad would okay. be an appropriate playbook to play. Okay. I hope still attached to his friends and companions of the Outlaws, even if he's not necessarily more to time anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm honestly... It depends on how the pre-pro goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he'll still always find... At least some attachment to his, to the outlaws. Good. I'm glad. I think you stopped yourself from calling them his friends. <laughs> I stopped myself from calling them his family. <gasps> oh no, that's even worse. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is how he sees them. Aw, family. Okay then, um, it sounds like your uh, last question for today then, Brandon, is... Why do you love Sharir so much? (sighs) Sharir is... I feel like Sharir is the character I've been wanting to play since I started playing tabletop games. And he's letting me explore a specific DC character that hasn't been explored in this way ever. (laughs) And at this point, he's basically... Appropriately, an OC. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. (laughs) But I guess I will leave that as a hint. (laughs) He is a character that exists in DC. Mm Mm-hmm. Masks is a pretty good game. I I believe it. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. I Uh, highly recommend it. Whether or not you homebrew it like us. Yeah. It's very fun. I I think one of my tabletop groups I think we might we might do something masks related once we finish our current campaign of interstitial. Oh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. But that's that's for later. <laughs> that's for after we finish the campaign. Yeah, I, yeah. So thank you so much, Brandon, for coming on Wayward today. It's thank been you. a delight to get to talk to you and to hear about Sharir. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun talking. 
<laughs> I don't actually talk about Sharir that often, so this was fun. Yeah, I su- I was going to say, I support talking about OCs, but that's literally <laughs> the, the raison d'etre for the entire podcast. <laughs> so. Uh, so then this is the part of the podcast is specific where you get to talk about where you would like to be found on the internet, Brandon, and what you have that you would like to shout out and or promote. Uh, I have a Twitter account. It's uh, Trigon13, but I would prefer that you send all your follows to Dice Comics. Mm-hmm. At D-I-C-E-C-O-M-I-C-S. Yeah, and... Just out of curiosity, uh, have you guys kind of ballparked uh, any time when people can look to hear episodes of uh, Blue Beetle and the Outlaws? I do believe we're planning on launching mid to late August, but I could be wrong. Okay, okay. So within 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 two months, within two months I will... is a fair assessment. Yeah. Yeah. I will make sure to keep an eye on y'all's Twitter so that I can uh, retweet and promote stuff. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I'd also... High ties, high ties raise all ships. <laughs> I'd also like to plug another podcast. Yeah, of course. I'd Go li- for it. I'd like to plug the Wayward Home for OCs. <laughs> or the Home for Wayward OCs. I... I don't think I've ever had someone try to recursively plug this podcast within the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm sure they're worth listening to. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I was about to write. I was about to write it down. Like, oh, what other podcast is Brandon wanting to shout out? It's like, oh, it's me. It's this podcast. Hey everyone, editing Christina coming to you recorded on the night when this podcast is coming out. Uh, because we recorded this episode about four weeks ago, and so the current event splash was outdated, and here's a newer one. Okay, so first things first. If you are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine, and you have not already been vaccinated, please do so at your earliest convenience. At this point, at least in the United States, I believe that it's available to everyone except for children under the age of 12. So please, just please get the vaccine, everyone. Um, and also, because at least in the United States, it's what the CDC recommends, um, please continue to wear your masks and wash your hands. I know you all are doing a good job. Just keep it up. Second thing is, at the time of this recording... There are multiple uh, humanitarian crises going on around the world. I encourage all of you, if you have the resources available, to donate to a locally relevant organization that will help that crisis in particular. Uh, And if you are not capable of uh, donating at this time, then uh, please do the research and uh, signal boost organizations that are in need of assistance, because that is just as helpful, especially in the time of social media that we all live in. <laughs> uh, third is uh, please continue to call uh, your representatives. Uh, let them know how they're doing. Uh, maybe uh, give them a little kick in the pants about things like uh, climate change and enforcing mask mandates. And all of that stuff. Um, 
And I think that's it. I think that's it for the current events blast. Back to a much more energetic Christina and Brandon. The Home for Rare OCs is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found through Acast and your local podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is Violet by Poddington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. You can be reached at waywardocpod at gmail.com or through at waywardocpod on Twitter. If you'd like to talk about tw- if you would like to talk about Wayward uh, or the other Corner Podcast Network shows like Loser Like Me, Not If I Reboot You First, and Faithful, we have our own Discord server. Uh, there should be a permanent invite linked on all of our Twitter accounts, but if you can't find it, feel free to message one of the show Twitters and we will get you set up. And I am always looking for guests to talk about the original characters, although I do have uh, at least the next, I think, two... Uh, Excuse me. Um, the next two episodes lined up, but if you're interested in being on the show, please always feel free to drop me a line if you're interested in talking about your character, or if you know someone who might be, um, feel free to pass on that information. Uh, there is a Google form that is currently the pinned tweet on the Wayward Twitter account with like a form you could fill out about why you like your character and when you're available, that kind of a thing. Um... But as with all podcasts, it's always super helpful if you can rate and review us on your listening platform of choice, um, because it helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Your OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. See what I mean about the cops? Oh, I hear them. Wow, okay. <laughs> okay, editing Christina, cutting back in here, because I didn't have the time to try and find an actual teaser or promo trailer for them, um, but this uh, episode's friendly pod promo is for the podcast Black Girl Nerds. Uh, It is an online community dedicated to promoting nerdiness among black women and people of color. Uh, You can check them out on blackgirlnerdsoneword.com or uh, check them out on social media, I think mostly Twitter, at blackgirlnerds. Uh, They are a comics and kind of uh, media discussion show. Everything looks super good. But yeah, so go check them out. Okay, bye. (laughs)